If you have your Bible with you, turn to Psalm 150 this morning. Again, I just want to welcome all of you. We're thrilled that you're here. If you're a guest visiting with us today, uh, we're just excited that you chose to come and worship with our Nazarene uh, family today. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. We know we have many uh, that join that can't be here and some that are traveling sometimes. Also want to make you aware while you're finding Psalm 150, it's the last one, uh, but while you're finding that, uh, we've started a podcast. Uh, we've released two episodes so far. Episode three is coming pretty fast, but uh, our staff's reading a book called The Blue Parakeet. And we, what we thought we would do is as we read that book together as a staff, we knew some other people in the church uh, were reading it as well. So we're just taking a part of our staff meeting that we have each week, discussing this book. We're recording that discussion posting it online, uh, so you can go to uh, your Apple uh, podcast app or wherever. It's on our website, too, I think. On Facebook, we're releasing that. Uh, But if you're interested, uh, sometimes it's kind of funny, but it has turned out pretty good. So we'd love to have you join us on that uh, if you would like to. Well, they say uh, that all good things must come to an end. And that's where we're at today as we're wrapping up this summer sermon series that we've been in most of the summer from the book of Psalms that we've been calling Sunshine and Psalms. So maybe since we're wrapping up our summer series, uh, maybe fall will get a hint and we'll get some of that awesome fall weather uh, rolling in here pretty quick. But I don't know, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have really enjoyed Uh, this series as we focused on several of the psalms here in the book of psalms and I hope that it has ministered to you as much as it has me as I have prepared uh, to uh, present and to study this with you but last week I told you that these last two weeks uh, that we're going to be in this series these last two weeks from the book of psalms Uh, we're going to focus on what I believe that the theme of all the Psalms are uh, that we have recorded in God's holy word, and that is praise to our almighty God who is worthy of our praise. And uh, it's what I love about the book of Psalms. And while we have seen a wide variety as we've gone through many of the Psalms, uh, we've seen a wide variety of raw and real emotions being expressed to God. We've learned that it is okay uh, to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And so uh, we've seen a lot of that. But the overarching theme always comes back to our good and gracious God, and He is worthy of our praise. Now, I'm sure that most of you have probably received something that you're thankful for in life. Maybe it was a gift of some sort that you were just blown away, that someone had thought enough of you to uh, give you a gift. Uh, Maybe uh, you were uh, left something amazing in a will that you didn't expect, and and you were just thankful that someone thought of you and, and, and gifted you something. Maybe what you are so very thankful for is your family. Maybe today it's your spouse. 
Maybe it was a job or a promotion or a raise that you got. Maybe some of you here today are like me and you're just very thankful for an awesome church family that we get to be a part of and come together each week to worship and to spend time together in in study of, of God's Word. But whatever it is, the writer of this psalm is reminding us that there should be no limit to the amount of praise that is due to our good God, our good Father, because we know this, all good things that we have received comes from Him. And so we should praise Him. We should be grateful. We should be thankful people. Now, I realize that throughout this series, over these past several weeks, that sometimes I have sounded like I'm repeating myself over and over because we see a lot of repetition in these songs and these psalms and these poems that we have find found recorded here. We've talked over and over and over again about praise. We've talked about thanksgiving. We've talked about celebration. But if you think that I have been repeating myself, you noticed as uh, Josh, my good friend Josh Odom, read this passage for us earlier, that it repeats over and over and over again, verse after verse, of the psalmist describing why we should praise God, where we should praise God, how that we should praise God. And as you look at, at this psalm, you notice it's really short. It's a short psalm, just six short verses, but it is packed so full of love and praise and worship to God. And again, I appreciate Josh reading that for us today, but I want us to read it all again, and then we're going to back up and kind of break it down and go through it verse by verse. But let's read it again this morning, Psalm 150, beginning at verse 1. The psalmist begins by saying, Praise the Lord, period. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man. And I don't know about you, but as you read each verse, as you read each word, it's almost, to me, you can feel the excitement building as he writes this psalm for us. And as he continues to write, you can almost feel what the psalmist feels in his heart as he expresses this love of God and this gratitude of God that he has in his heart and in his life. And as he progresses, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I just can, can sense him and feel him getting louder and louder until he was ready to shout it there at the end. And not only is this psalm short, but you'll notice how short the verses are in this psalm. It's almost like the writer is in a hurry to get to the next verse, to continue his next thought. He says one thing, and then without wasting any time, he quickly moves on to what is 
in his heart next. It's like, it's like he couldn't wait. It was like that he was excited. He wanted to move on to the next words of praise and hallelujah to God. It says to me that the writer of this psalm has enthusiasm and he is excited about what God has done in his life. He is excited about the good things that God has given him. He's excited and enthused about the fact that when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that he was not walking alone. And you sense that. Don't you think that it's about time for us, you and I, as believers and followers of God, to show that same sort of excitement over being a child of God? We ought to be excited about it. When was the last time that we were literally out of breath telling someone about Jesus Christ because we were so excited? When was the last time our heart raced as we thought about, considered, and thanked God for the good things that He's given us in life? For walking with us through the bad things and being reminded of just how good He is. When is the last time that you could hardly uh, complete a sentence because you were talking so fast about the goodness of God and what He's done in your life and in your family? If the church, if we are not excited about God, then who will be? If we're not excited about what God has done, then who will be? Last week, we kind of looked at it from a different angle. If we're not excited about what God has done in our lives, then we can't expect our children and our grandchildren to be excited about them either. We, of all people, should be enthusiastic about what God has done in our lives. And here in this psalm, in, in just these six short verses that we have recorded here, the word praise is found 13 times. What does that tell us? Well, the writer knew that praise was an important part in the life of a child of God. It, it always has been, and it always will be. We talked about last week that praise is the only thing that we've been commanded to do in Scripture that we will continue to do all throughout eternity. We're told and we're given access to pray now. But when we get to heaven, there won't be a need for prayer. We've been called to live by faith now. But when we get to heaven, we won't need that faith anymore because we'll be standing face to face with our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. For now, we've been called to go and make disciples. But when we get to eternity, there won't be a need for us to do that anymore. But we've been called to worship, we've been called to praise, and we will continue to do that all throughout eternity. But the first thing that we see here is this, and it speaks to that fact. Where is the Lord to be praised? Where is the Lord to be praised? The writer says, praise God where? In His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. The psalmist tells us where our praise is to begin. In the sanctuary, in the heavens, in God's home. Where is God's home? We think of Him as some distant God. Where is God's home? God's home is everywhere. And if you have accepted Him as a follower of Jesus Christ, God's home is in your heart. Amen? But don't miss this. The sanctuary here refers to the temple. 
This is where God's presence was on the earth during the time of the children of Israel. God's presence was in the temple. It's also the designated place where you and I gather together as the body of Christ to worship as a community of believers, to worship corporately. The community of believers, the body of Christ coming together for worship has always been a part of God's plan for His children. From the early Old Testament times, we see the gathering of God's chosen people. We see the importance of community and coming together to worship and to study God's Word together. It's always been a part of His plan. That's why we talk about it being so important in the church. It's not just because we want to stand up here on the platform and our staff wants to get the count from Sunday morning and pat ourselves on the back and say, look how many came to church Sunday. You see, it's not about that. It's about the importance of the family of God coming together as a group of believers and worshiping our Lord and Savior who is worthy of our praise. We've been called to come together. We've been called to be a community of believers. It's who we are. It's what we are to do as the body of Christ. But there's something else that I believe uh, we need to point out here as well. In the New Testament, after the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to the, the church, we're reminded by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. He asked, do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. You see, that tells us that our praise should not just be limited to the house of God, to our times of worship here in this sanctuary, in this building. And I, I realize that it's easier to praise God in the sanctuary with other believers when we're gathered here together to praise Him as family. It's easier for us to lift our praise with other believers when you have a wonderful song service and when you have good preaching of God's Word. And I apologize that you don't always get good preaching here. I, I realize that. But it's easier to praise Him when we're hearing good preaching and good music and we're joining in together with other believers in prayer. But our praise cannot be limited to that time and that setting. Our, our praise cannot be limited to just when there are other Christians around us and it's easier for us to do. Our praise must bubble over out of our hearts and our lives from within us everywhere we go, even if we are alone. Because when we are alone, we are still a temple and the home of God. It's important that we worship Him each and every day because even though no one else may be with us or around us, God is always with us. He is always with you. If you've accepted Him and you've surrendered your life to Him, He is with you. Your heart is God's home. His presence is with you. And friends, we're missing blessing after blessing if we only praise God for one hour a week as we come together at church. 
If the only time that you and I ever praise God is when we are in church, then we are failing God with our praise miserably as it pertains to the worship that He deserves. God deserves more than our occasional tipping of our hat to Him a couple times a week. God deserves our constant and daily praise. In the early service this morning, the 8.30 service, and I appreciate Hayden and our, our praise team. We've got several out. Uh, you may have noticed there was a snafu with some background music playing during that first song. I was running sound. Uh, my nephew texted me and said, do you need a little help? Bob, I appreciate you back there. Bob has been doing the live stream. He's been mixing the sound and the music for the live stream. He was also running the slides, and I was running sound. And Cody texted me and said, do you need help? And I said, yes, I stink at this. But you know what? God deserves our, our constant prayer. Where was I at? Why was I even? Oh, I, the early service. I appreciate Hayden coming early and helping us. Hunter and, and his wife are on vacation this week. But Hayden led a song this morning, and it was a song. I thought, boy, I wish everybody knew this song by heart because it has been such a blessing to me in my life so many times. When I would go to the Lord in prayer, I'd be coming up on a situation. Maybe I got a phone call, and I'd been called to a tragedy to minister to a family. Or maybe I was headed to a hospital visit. Or maybe I was headed to a situation that was just going to be a, a tough situation to deal with. So many times when I've gone to the, uh, the Lord in prayer in situations like that, this song comes to my heart. Lord, I need you. God, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Folks, we need him every hour of every day. He's worthy of our praise every hour of every day. He deserves so much more. Not only is the temple and the heavens his home, but this whole earth is his home. David writes in Psalm 15 that there is no place that we can hide from God. There's nowhere, no place that we can hide from the presence of God. He is everywhere. And we've seen this multiple times throughout this series. And so the only conclusion that we can come to is that since God is everywhere and we can't hide from Him and He is always with us and our hearts are a sanctuary of His presence, then He is to be praised everywhere. Every day, all the time. And the writer doesn't stop at telling us just where to praise the Lord. And now in verse 2, he shares why the Lord is to be praised. Why is the Lord to be praised? Praise Him for His acts of power. Has God done anything powerful in anybody's life here this morning? Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. We are to praise Him for all that He has done. We are to praise Him for His greatness. Everything that you can see, He created. Everything that you cannot see, He created. We, we need a, a microscope and a telescope sometimes to see all of God's creation. But let me tell you something. Everything that God has created 
all that he has created cannot be matched by anyone else or anything else on this earth. And not only is his power and his greatness and his awesomeness unlimited, I want you to think about this, because I think we forget about this sometimes, but think about this. There is also nothing that is too small for God. We also think of big things and, and, and have encouraged you, and it's right to pray for big and bold and specific things. But friends, God also cares about the small things. He cares about, he cares about the small details. I, I drive our staff absolutely crazy. I am a perfectionist. You can't tell it, but I just, I, I'm obsessed. Everything needs to go right. And when it doesn't, it, it just, it kills me. It kills me. Like when some goofball in the sound booth is playing music while the praise band's trying to sing. I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. That guy should be fired, all right? The Bible tells us that he cares about the details. It tells us that he knows every hair on your head. He put it there, or he took it. <laughs> You're like me. This should be a reminder to us, friends, that God is a God of the smallest and minute details in our life. Yes, our God is great. We've talked about it a lot throughout the summer. There's no limit to his power. There's no limit to his knowledge. There's no limit to his ability. And there is no detail in your life that he doesn't know about and care about. Give him the details. Ask him to be in the small things as well as the big things. Do you need a reason to praise God today? Do you need a reason to celebrate? Here it is. God is great. He has no equal. But at the same time, God cares for every one of us, every little detail of your life. He loves you that much. I love this next part. The psalmist goes on to tell us how the Lord is to be praised. So how is the Lord to be praised? Well, he says, praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. The psalmist tells us to praise Him with wind instruments. He tells us to praise Him with stringed instruments. He tells us to praise Him with percussion instruments. There's the proof that it's okay to have drums in church. It's okay to have a, a praise band. It's all right. The psalmist says, grab your instrument and praise the Lord. I, I don't know about you, but as I read this, I wondered, why, why does he list all these different instruments? Why does he specifically list these different ones? Well, I believe his point is this. When it comes to the praise of our Almighty God, use whatever you have. Use whatever you have. Pick up whatever instrument that you have and praise the Lord with it. We are to join in with the band of heaven and make a joyful noise. Look at, look at what else happens if we were to play all of those instruments like he suggests. You'd use your breath to play the trumpet or the wind instruments, right? You'd have to use your fingers 
to strike the strings of the stringed instruments. You'd have to use your hands to beat the tambourine or the cymbals. You'd have to use your feet and legs to dance. Careful now. <laughs> As a Nazarene, you've got to leave one foot on the floor. A couple of weeks ago, we packed meals that we've been distributing to our local schools, and we were back there packing. And I'll just tell you that the group that we partnered with to do this, um, they, uh, it, it's a secular organization. They do work with a lot of churches, but they also work with a lot of different organizations. And so they came in, and they helped us organize and get all the supplies and everything that we needed to do it. But they began to play some secular music just to make it fun and exciting and to get everybody kind of going. I was a little bit concerned about it. And then I began to look around, and it amazed me the number of Nazarenes that knew how to dance. But it even amazed me more the number of people that called themselves Nazarenes that knew every word to a Guns and Roses song called Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> and we had fun and you just missed it. But hey, the psalmist says here, dance. So do whatever you want to with that. But dancing leads to bad things. But I don't know, he mentions all these things, the wind instruments, the stringed instruments, the percussion instruments. Do you see where he's headed here? I believe he's basically saying that we should use our entire body to bring praise to God. Everything about us is to praise him, right? And if you can't play an instrument, hopefully he gave you two hands and you can surely clap. Now, we were were singing. Lynette, remember that time we were singing in the church? I won't tell you what church it was because some of you have been there. The pastor, boy, he was a clapper. I I could tell that he probably did not know how to play any other kind of instrument than this one right here. And bless his heart, God did not give him any rhythm whatsoever. And when you're trying to play and sing and the guy on the front row is clapping out of rhythm and off beat and he's the loudest one clapping in the room... It's a problem. But the Lord said, make a joyful noise. Amen? Some of you just grunt and moan. and oh, I hate this song. Help us. That's right, Frank. Help us. Help us when you're not here. Can I just tell you, when y'all aren't here, my preaching just goes like that. Nobody will talk back to me. They just, they just when you're not here, it's just dead. And y'all look awesome today, matching in your orange. I love it. I love you guys so much. You want to know how to praise God? Watch them. Watch them. The Lord is to be praised through whatever abilities we have. With whatever talents that we have. We're to praise God. I couldn't help but think about this this past week as... Our good brother that's been a member here for a long time, Brother Charlie Scott, passed. And uh, had his funeral on Wednesday. And, you know, I was just thinking about the talents and abilities that God had given uh, Charlie Scott, that Charlie used for God's good and his glory and to build the kingdom. See, Charlie was a plumber. A lot of people didn't know that. He was a retired plumber, and he did very, very well. Let this be a lesson to some of our young people, all right? He did very well, had a great business in Little Rock, 
But when he closed down the business and he retired, he took those talents, he took those abilities, he took that knowledge that he had. Even though he had retired from earning a living for he and his family and all the families of people that worked for him. After he retired, Charlie continued to use those talents with a group of people that are called nail benders, a group of retired men and women that traveled around using their construction, electrical abilities, their plumbing abilities and talents to build churches. This building that you're sitting in, nail benders helped us build this. They helped us build our office space and our platform, and they did so much for us. Charlie used his talents of being a plumber to build the kingdom of God. Friend, God wants to use your talent. He wants to use your ability. He wants to use your knowledge. He gave it to you to be used for His glory. How are you using yours today? Where are you using your talent and your ability? He's basically saying here, we're to use everything that we have to bring glory to God. So don't minimize your skill. Don't minimize your talent. Don't minimize your ability because they were given to you by Him. Give Him credit and glory for what you can do. Praise Him for what He gave you the gifts to do and use them for His glory. There's a call here to pick up your instruments and join the band. To join in with the worship. Let people see it. Let people hear it. Let God see it. Let God hear it. He is worthy of our praise. People will never, ever want to join in with our praise if we're all sitting around looking like we just ate a green persimmon. None of you look like today you've eaten a green persimmon. You look awesome. You look excited to be here today. The green persimmons were served for breakfast at the 8.30 service. I'm kidding. They're awesome. They're encouraging. I love the 8.30 service as well. People are beginning to find out that I use one service against the other. When these dinner groups and all this started coming together, they were like, hey, you know what he said about the 8.30 service? And the 8.30 service people were like, you know what he says about the 9.30 service people? The only reason they come to the 9.30 service is because they were out clubbing all night the night before and couldn't get up. Well, friends, here's the deal. People will never know how much Jesus means to us if they can't see it. People will never know how much Jesus means to us if they don't hear it. Believers, followers, people that truly understand how awesome it is to be called a child of the King of Kings will be excited about it if they understand it. I would say here today, if you got a phone call this afternoon and your phone rang and you answered it and they said, hello, I'm an attorney for so-and-so, and I just called to tell you that your great-uncle passed, and he was a multimillionaire. He had no kids, and he left all of his fortune 
to you. I'm going to say that you would probably pretty quickly get on the phone and call somebody and tell them about it. Would you not? No, you wouldn't. Y'all are a bunch of liars. Come to this altar. You would be so excited, you'd be calling people. The first phone call you're going to make is to who? Your boss. See ya. (laughs) I won't be there tomorrow. You're going to be telling people about it. And you never in your life are going to know that you had that many friends and family members once they find out. But you're going to be excited that you inherited this wealth and these millions of dollars. My friends, our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My father owns it all. It is all his. And he adopted me into his family. You can have your piddly million dollars. I'm a child of the king. He's worthy of our praise. When we understand that, I believe we will be excited about it. We'll have some enthusiasm. We will sing. We will shout. But we must praise the Lord. When we do, people will know that Christ is real to us in our lives. Do people see your life? Do people see your praise and know that God is real to you? Can they see the life that you live and the praise that you give your good Father? Can they tell that He's real to you? And then the writer closes, and I will too, by saying, who should be doing this? And I don't believe anybody could say it any better than he says it right here. Who should praise the Lord? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Anything, anyone that's breathing, that's the criteria. (laughs) There are no exceptions. The praise band member is to praise. The pew sitter is to praise. The board members are to praise. The teacher is to praise. The pastor is to praise. The janitor is to praise. Each and every one of us have the same responsibility to praise God, our Heavenly Father. And I believe when we read and and we study something like this uh, today that we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to ask ourselves some, some hard questions. Are you praising God like He's asked you to? Are you praising Him with your talents? Are you praising Him with your voice? Are you praising God with your body? Are you praising Him with, oh, Steve, don't go there. Oh, yes, I am. Are you praising Him with your finances? Are we praising Him in every area of life with everything that we have? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, then the Holy Spirit today may be pointing out some changes that he wants to help you make in your life so that you can, 
so that you can praise Him. None of us have been perfected yet. None of us. It's constant work. And it's a work that will turn us into a beautiful child of God who worships our good, good Father. And I can't help but wonder sometimes, you know what, if we won't praise Him now for what He's done for every single one of us, if we won't praise Him now for sending His Son to die on a cross for our sins, if we won't praise Him for that now, I just wonder sometimes if we'll be given an opportunity to do it in eternity. I can't imagine someone being a believer, someone being a true follower of God, and not being a worshiper of God. From the youngest believer to the oldest believer, we are to praise Him. And friends, we need to practice. <laughs> because one day, all men, all women, all boys and all girls, all of us, will join together in one song to praise and glorify our Father in heaven for an eternity. And none of us can even imagine what that's going to be like or what that's going to sound like. And not only can I not imagine what it's going to be like, you know what else? I can't imagine not being there with all of you. I just can't imagine it. I want us all to go. I want us all to be there. I, I want to be able to be at the throne of God and look over and go, there's Thomas. There's Noel. And look, there are their kids. They did a good job raising those kids. I, I can't imagine looking around and looking over and saying, there's Don and Wilma. Man, God blessed us when he brought them to Greenbrier and to our church. And now here we are, face to face with the Savior that we served and we worshiped together. Y'all, I can't imagine it without any of you being there. So I would just ask you today, being blunt, are you going to be there? Are you ready to be there? Have you accepted Him and surrendered your life to Him and you're living your life for Him in a way that people knows your Savior is real to you? Because that's what it's all about. That's what this is all about. And so if you're here today and you've never totally surrendered your life, the big stuff and the small stuff to Him, I encourage you to do that today. You can do that right there in your seat where you sit. We're going to close with a word of prayer in just a few moments. I give you permission to start praying right now. If you've never accepted Christ and you want to do that today. God's word tells us that we're to confess our sin. That we are to ask him to forgive us of our sins. That we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the son of God. <clears throat> And that he came to this earth and he died on a cross for our sins. But he's not dead. He arose on the third day and now he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. If you believe that and you want to accept that today and you want to do that, then you can become a child of the King. 
and you'll want to celebrate that. You'll be excited about that. And I encourage you, tell someone you've made that choice. Tell someone you've made that decision. Find me. Find one of our staff. We'd love to celebrate with you. We don't have cooties. I know a lot of you dodge me. You dodge me like I got the COVID. I don't have the COVID. All right, I'm good. Come tell me about what God's done in your life. I'd love to celebrate it with you. This morning, as we conclude this series, I'll just tell you, we've spent some great times in these Psalms this summer. Someone told me this morning following the 830 service, they said, it's just been refreshing this summer to be in the Psalms. And I just want to thank you for sharing this experience with me and allowing me to share it with you. I love you more than you will ever know. Let's pray. God, I thank you today so much for the kind of love that you have for us and the kind of love that you show us. I love the fact that your word tells us that every single day you extend your mercies new to us and fresh. And I'm always grateful and thankful for that because I know every single day I'm going to need your mercy. And that simply means that we receive the power of your presence. We receive help when we need it. That you pull us up when we fall every single day that's extended to us. And God, I don't know about all these people here today or those watching online, but I sure know that this pastor needs that. And I thank you for the help. I thank you for your son Jesus that died on the cross for my sins. I I know my past. I know my life. And I know that I feel unworthy. But you looked at me for whatever reason and said you are worthy. I want you to be a part of my family. And I thank you for that. I thank you on behalf of the others that are here today that you extended that invitation to them as well. I thank you for the work that you're doing here today. I believe with all my heart that someone has accepted you and surrendered their life, every detail of it, to you today. And I know when that happens, your word tells us that the angels in heaven celebrate. So I thank you for the work that you're doing. But also thank you for the work that you're going to do in and through your church and your kids in the days ahead. Because when we understand just who we are and whose we are and what we have in our relationship with the King of Kings, that the people around us are going to see it and they're going to know it. And they're not going to want the things of this world They're going to want what you have for them. So I pray that they would see that in us and through us as we go out from this place, that we would be a body of Christ that looks like our Father, loves like our Father, extends mercy like our Father. God, thank you for the help of your Holy Spirit that's going to help us to do that as we leave here. I'm going to need it today and I'm going to need it tomorrow. As I go into this world that needs to see the light of Jesus, 
God, I pray that my light will shine with the oil of the Spirit that is in me. I love you so much, and I love you for each. I, I thank you for each and every one that's here today. You know how much I love them. I hope they know how much I love them. And I do want to spend all of eternity with every single one of them. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for this family of God that I can worship you with. That encourages me, carries me when I need to be carried. Thank you so much for that kind of love. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that I pray and ask these things. Amen. I love you. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week. God bless you.